Hello, how you doing? I'm Craig Parkinson. You are listening to the Two Shot Podcast. Sit yourself down, pop the kettle on. We're going to have a nice old chat. Who's it with this week? I'm going to tell you right now. How the devil are you? Oh, I tell you what, it feels good to officially say that because this is the new term. The new term of the Two Shot Podcast. We're back. We've just spent two days in the northwest of England recording some absolute belting episodes coming your way very soon. And this is, this is Thursday, so we've got a new one. And I'm very excited to tell you that it's Sean Gibson. The actor, you'll know her from Car Share. We sat down, we met in a great place uh, called Zifferblatt, and it's in Edge Street in the northern quarter. And we sat down, Griff got all the mics ready, and we just had a fantastic conversation. Um, I think you're really, really going to love it. I think it's a real cracker um, to open the new term of uh, of the podcast with. She's, she's, we'd never met before, uh, and we'd been trying to put it together for ages, and. She was everything that I thought it was going to be. It was a great episode. We we went kind of everywhere. And, um, yeah, yeah, I think you're going to enjoy it. And if you do enjoy what we do, you know, we, we don't have any sponsors. We're, we're not part of any larger network. Me and Griff do this because we love it. But also, we need help. We give you free, totally free, four episodes a month. And we've been doing that for a year and we carry on doing it for another year. It's going to happen. If you like what we do and you want to help us out, we've got a Patreon site. So if you go to patreon.com forward slash the two shot podcast, you can throw us a couple of quid there, a fiver, whatever you want, whatever you can afford. It all really helps. Now, if you can't afford it and you, you still enjoy it, then that's fine. You're going to carry on getting the episodes for free. But do me a favour, right? If you really like it and you can't afford to contribute, or, or you don't want to, tell a friend. Tell a friend to listen to the podcast. Get them to subscribe. Write us a nice review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Give us those five stars. Because it all really helps spread the word. And the more people listen, um, then we've got a bigger community to talk and we can all have the conversation together. And that's what it's all about, having the conversation. So, let's get this episode up and running, shall we? This is episode 53 of the Two Shot Podcast with the fantastic Sean Gibson. I hope you enjoy it and I'll see you at the end. I I, I literally, I don't live far, I've stayed there because then I met my husband. (laughs) Weird. After, what, why are you living well, with mum and dad? Well, I was living with mum and dad. See, it's fate. If you hadn't moved back well, with mum and dad, Well, it's incestuous, it isn't it? <laughs> my old... <laughs> <laughs> not my words, everybody. Not my words. <laughs> but you, you know Manchester very, very well, though, don't you? I went to... Um, have we started? Yeah, I don't oh, know, probably. Okay, sorry, sorry. Um, I went to uni in Salford. Um, so I lived in Wales. Mm. Grew up in Wales. In Mould? In Mould. And then I went to uni in Salford, so I lived over here, stayed here. Um, yeah, but it's so different. 
It is so. It's just changing now. all the time, yeah. though, isn't it? And even though I was just saying, even though they've got Media City now and it's great, I never seem to work here, which no, is a shame. Funny. I never work in Manchester. Why not? Do you think? Because people would Cause look at you and go, "Oh well, she's a right Manchester actress." Because they still film it in in London, even if it's meant to be Manchester, don't they? You can't. You Everything can't do is that. in London. All my jobs seem to be in London lately. I very rarely film in London. Do you not? No. Because when it because I, I used to live in London, and one of the reasons that we moved out well, there's loads of reasons. We just want a bit of countryside and uh, and all that. And I said, well, it's all right because we never. We never work in London anyway. Yeah. You go there to generate the work, but you never actually yeah, film yeah, yeah. there. Of course, two weeks after we move out of London, you've got a job. Where is it? It's London. Oh, <laughs> oh. I know. And, but everyone expects you to live in London, casting directors, and you'll go for like, oh, come to this meeting and come here. And everyone else is like two tube stops away. And I'm yeah, like, I can't come in at, at 10 past 10 in the morning. I know. I'm not getting one of those. I'm not big, getting, big I'm not paying ticket. 200 quid for a no, train ticket. That's probably going to be delayed anyway. Yeah, exactly. And then you're going to be pissed off that I'm not arrived at the meeting on time. I know. I know. Do you find that hard living where you live? I love living where I live. Um, so I moved back to North Wales. And um, I mean, for me, wherever, if I get a job, I'm normally having to stay away. So it really, I, I feel like it doesn't matter where I live. If I need to go for an audition, I go down to London for the day. It's fine. I have a day off from, from my daughter. It's quite, have a little jolly to London. Yeah. Um, but then when I come home, I mean, I'm not working at the moment and it's great because I'm just down there from Manchester, Liverpool, half an hour away, I'm at the beach yeah. in North Wales. I love living where I live. Best of everything. Yeah. yeah. Tell me about growing up in Mould. So it's you, it's your mum and Me, dad. three sisters. Three sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the youngest. I've got three older sisters. Um, there's nine years between me and my youngest oldest sister. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. Youngest oldest sister. Um, so I felt a bit like an only child because one of them had already moved out. And um, there's not much to tell. Good relationship with your sisters. Yeah, though. great. Great. And um, it's funny because... It's not like I lived in the set of Darling Buds or anything, but I remember when I first went to uni and... Um, in Salford. Yeah, and did an acting course. And we did um, a Greek tragedy. We did a lecture. And the, the director was trying to get all of these emotions out. And he's like, think of a time when you felt really sad. And I thought, I've not really got anything to, to say. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying that everything was rosy, but... I didn't have a bad time growing up, you know, and I'd not lost any grandparents or anything at that point. And I was thinking, oh, if I had a dog, how would I feel if, if it died? I was just trying to get anything out. You're trying to get this tragedy out of me. I yeah, don't have any, I I'm afraid. I don't have anything. I just made something up in the end. Is that what you used to do as a kid, though? Just sort of make things up when you were playing around? Yeah, I think being the youngest one, I was just a bit of a show-off. Um, used to get all the attention, much to my other sisters. Disgust. Because they, because probably they, they, you know. Yeah, like the, they were in high school when I was in primary school. Um, so I felt a bit like an only child, really. But you didn't feel lonely. No, never, never. I used to share a, a bedroom with my sister, and um, she she was in high school and used to have all the Phil Collins albums and everything, and I just used to have a corner of the room with a few a few wham posters. <laughs> <laughs> didn't we she all? Was, well, didn't we all? <laughs> I was a whamette. <laughs> Still am. 
You should be. Did you see that documentary about George Michael? Oh, God, heartbreaking. <sighs> Ruined my Christmas. Did it? Mm. It's powerful stuff, wasn't it? When he died, Christmas Eve, that Christmas day. I was talking to somebody about that Duran Duran documentary on BBC Four. Did you see no. it? No. A few months ago. Did you see it, Griff? <sighs> Why? It's just brilliant. It's just brilliant. Because they're not... <clears throat> excuse me. They're never all in the same room together. So they just get them. All the talking heads. They get all of them together. But they're all telling the story. And then the documentary, they piece it all together. Like from the start to the dip and the back, the resurgence and where they are now and the big tour and the break-up. It's fantastic. Oh, you should see, definitely see it. I was never a Durana. Weren't you? I was a Wamet. But now I, now I do like a bit of Duran Duran. I went back and started listening to all the Duran Duran yeah. stuff after the documentary because I'd forgotten. Not forgotten, but I've gone, oh, I haven't listened to them for ages and I used to love that. I wonder if it's still as good. And it's it... like when Take That got together, they did that, didn't they? They did this documentary, 2006. I don't I remember. Did they? And they did this documentary and Robbie wouldn't meet them. And I've never looked at him the same. Who has? Who has? Who does look at Robbie the same now? I was never a Take That fan, to be honest. Oh, I see. <laughs> Do you like a bit of take that? Like, we're kind of the same age, I think, aren't we? I'm not going to say... 30s, yeah. 31, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. everything just kind of seems quite nice growing up. Yeah, I mean, there was nothing... I just plodded along. Do you know what I mean? I've got no, no sad stories to tell or... Um, everything was just very normal. Very normal. The fact that... Of course, you moved away to come to Salford, but you moved back. <laughs> Says a lot of things about the the home life and you growing up there. Yeah. But it was a happy time and obviously a safe a safe time and a safe place there. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't never go back to somewhere... No, and I, I live really close to my mum and my sisters now. One of my sisters lives in New Zealand, but the other two live fairly local. It's great for childcare. Of course. That's yeah. the main reason why I could never move now. I hope your mum's not listening to this. <laughs> it's not the only reason, Mrs Gibson, can I just tell you that? <laughs> um, but it's, um, yeah, it, it's great now. But at the time, all my friends still live there. And do you know what annoys me? Oh. Is when I think about it. I've listened to a few of your podcasts before. Mm. And if someone grew up in London and they say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm back in London, no one bats an eyelid because no. London is, you know, this great place to be. Whereas... You feel, sometimes feel a bit of a, I don't mean a failure, but you know, if you go back to your hometown, it's like no, you've yeah. not moved on. Mm. If you were anywhere else but London, I think. Oh, I think what maybe not putting words into your mouth, but when you say about failure, it's not how you would see yourself, but it's how other people would. You're worried yeah. about how other people would yes. see you. I know exactly what you mean. But what's wrong with that? Well, I mean, nothing, but you do kind of make excuses for it. Yeah. I find myself making excuses. Which I don't think you should, because if you're happy if you're happy where you yeah, live, then that's yeah. where you should live. The only reason I never moved back to Blackpool, not because I was unhappy, but there was nothing really there for me. Yeah. And it's a right bastard going oh, from is, Blackpool if I need to go to London and back. Yeah. You've got to change in Manchester, haven't you? Well, yeah, we, yeah. yeah. We go Preston and mm. then change. Mm. But... Uh, that's why, but I don't think people should look at that as no. failure at all. No, that's I, more, I do get more where about you're coming me, from. isn't it? I think I don't think more about you, but more about one. You know, yeah. I know other people that would yeah. say the, the, the same thing to that. Um, but it's very handy where I live. Very handy. And school life was nice and calm and happy. Just 
I wasn't. I was a bit of a, a SWAT in the way that. Um, well, you were SWAT. Well, when I say SWAT, I wasn't brainy, but I hated getting into trouble. Right. Okay. I, was, I wasn't naughty or anything. I just kind of plodded along, did all right. Hard worker. Yeah. Um, did all right in exams. Um, and when I think about it, it's really odd that I went on to do what I did, really, and go to Salford, because my, my dad's a builder. What was my mum didn't work. Right. Because um, she was looking after a yeah, large household of people, yeah. yeah. My three sisters have gone into sort of retail. And I kind of think now, I, I don't know. My mum and dad were really supportive. And I don't know whether they were supportive just because, you know, they're lovely parents and were like, go and do what you want to do because... <laughs> Give it a couple of years and you'll be back. And yeah. you'll, you'll be working yeah, yeah. in Asda or something. Do you know? Um, Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, there's in nothing Asda. wrong with that. But I mean, that's in a local shop to where I am. Exactly, They'll think yeah. I'll be back lo- yeah. working at home. Um, but it's really strange that I, I, I did what I did. So where do you think, think it comes from? Have you ever I questioned know, that? No, no. Were I your sisters know. into any of that when they were younger? Not at all. They're all quite shy. And the thought of doing my job would cripple them. Was your mum and dad quite shy, are they? My dad is so shy. Really? My dad is painfully shy. Really, really shy. Um, he wouldn't do a speech at my wedding because I said you don't have to do anything because he he would It'd just... It just crush him. Yeah, yeah. he'd just collapse. Um, so I don't know, really. I think it's just being... Um, maybe getting attention from three older sisters <laughs> for a and, long time. And maybe because you were the youngest. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But sometimes you don't need to question these things. Mm. It just is what it is. Yeah. And I never thought um, I'd go on to be Judy Dench or or anything like that. I just enjoyed it and just kind of... I'm not a planner. I I'm still that, not a planner. I think that's healthy. I was talking about planning the other day to somebody. I was saying, have you ever had a plan? And then we, we finished after like an hour of talking... And I said, what's a good job? You never had a plan. Otherwise, <laughs> you, you wouldn't be where you are now because this person yeah. sort of went from one exciting bit of his career to another. Have you never had a plan? Mm, career-wise? Just, yeah. No, not really. Not really. I've never... The one thing, you know, when you do interviews sometimes and people go, so what's, like, your dream part? I go, I don't know. Yeah. I'm kind of doing it. I'm, I'm yeah. really... I just, if it carries on for the next 20 years, like, yeah. I'll be happy type of thing. And yeah. I'd, like, I'd be worried if that sounded like some sort of stock answer, but that's yeah. genuinely true for me. I'm very content. I'm exactly the same. And, and I've right always be been content? like that. I've never thought, I never saw myself going into this career thinking, oh, I'm going to be um, sort of at the RSC or I'm going to be the here, or I'm going to be there. It was. It's just all been sort of, Fallen into place, fallen out of place a lot of times, but it's, I've just gone with it, you know? What else can you do? I mean, this isn't a, any, to say anything derogatory to much younger actors kind of starting out, but sometimes when I work with very younger actors, like you know, early mm. 20s, their ambition is just, it's incredible, yeah. don't get me wrong, but it is kind of through the roof. Yeah. And I think if you're stepping into this arena... You know, we know how like how how hard it is and how the injustice and it's unforgiving mm. and and good for them. But I just think if you set yourself up from a great high, then the fall is going to be. I think it's be... a lot harder now. I do, and I think um, 
I, I, I do remember sort of when I was in uni and we'd talk about what we wanted to do and we'd be like, yeah, yeah, we're quite happy doing theatre and education and whatever. I never saw myself being in a soap or being on telly. It was just whatever happened, you know. Um, whereas everything is sort of online now yeah. and people are doing YouTube. I, d- I am so bad with technology. And now we're in the, in the age of self-taping um, for auditions. Yeah. I'm awful. Awful with anything like that. But I think um, I, I think it's harder for young people because there's so much pressure to go and, you know, put something on YouTube and put something here, there. I, I can't even name anything else because I'm But mad. I know what you mean, but sometimes I think there's young... That, again, not this, this is not a derogatory speak, but the younger people, maybe they're more tech-savvy than we, we've got to that age. Uh, you know? Maybe the younger people are more tech-savvy and they're kind of really all over it. Are I you mean, good at self-tapes? I'm kind of getting there, but I don't particularly enjoy them, if I'm honest. No. Because I think the whole part and parcel of getting a job is meeting the people that you're going to be working with. And being directed as well. Well, yeah. I mean, how often does that happen nowadays? But, like, you can self-tape and then if you get a job, you go, oh, I'm not going to meet this person that I'm I'm being directed with and hopefully collaborating with till day one and go... Shit, what if yeah. we don't... I mean, luckily, few, few and far between, it doesn't really happen a lot, but what if you don't get on or... I've never got a job through a self-tape. No, I don't think I have. Oh, no, I think I have one years ago, like, out of luck. The first I I time I was asked to do one, because I, I sort of <clears> went... <throat> I left... Backtracking now. I, I left college and right, went we straight, yeah, <laughs> straight from college and got an agent and... Because I'm short, I, I always used to look younger than I was. I could play teenagers into my 20s, yeah. you know, and it was, I, I used to work a lot and it kind of dried up. And I had a break where I didn't work for a long time. So when I came back into it, everything's changed. Everything. Did in you the feel audition. that? Was that? Yeah. And when I did my first self tape, um, it was for a comedy. And there was a bit where it says the actor takes their hat off. The, the character takes their hat off and it's a policewoman's hat. And I thought, oh, it's a comedy. Let's have a laugh. The people watching this. And I had a witch's hat. <laughs> and I just thought, I'm going to do the scene in a witch's hat thinking that's really funny. And I'm aging and I'm not even sending that. That is just so rubbish. Do you re-watch things back? Oh, kind of. But also my husband um, is a gas man. Right. So isn't in the industry. So when I do self-tapes, and this maybe is a bad thing of living where I live as well, I've got no actor friends live near me. So if we're doing a self-tape, it's him usually just reading it and laughing. And laughing at me. And it's we spend half the time I'm going, don't look at me, don't look at me, don't look at me, don't look, don't look up, stop, stop, don't look up. I did one not long ago and he's just laughing. I can see his head. Like that, laughing, reading the lines in for me. We've been doing this four hours. Oh, it's only it's, two pages. And scene. then the dog starts barking, and you're like, oh, oh God. no. And I just end up, oh, just send it. Just send. Because I can't be bothered <laughs> doing it any longer. I won't even look. Tell me about why did you choose going to Salford? Was that. Um, did you feel because it was the nearest, oh, nearest yeah. to you, maybe? I, I, um, I did my A levels. And um, I was part of a really great youth theatre called Cluid Youth Theatre, which is um, a theatre in Mould Theatre, Cluid, and they've got, they, they used to have a really great youth theatre. And a lot of people were sort of taking a year out and then applying for drama schools. Um, 
And this at, is when you were, sorry, like 17. Yeah, yeah. 17, 18. And at the time I thought, I, I kind of didn't know what I wanted to do. And then um, I just thought, I'm just going to apply locally because I was a bit scared. So I applied to Salford and I applied Manchester Met. I think um, I applied in Liverpool, maybe. I don't I don't think I cast my net very far. Um, and someone I know had, had been to Salford and I went for my audition there and loved it. Um, and, and got in, so I, so it was just one of those things that it kind of again just happened. It just fell into place. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I had a great time in Salford, Salford Uni. It's a really good uni. Was it three three years? No, only two. Only two. I years. only did a HND. I didn't even do do a degree. Right. Um, but it was great. We had some. Um, I mean, that's where I met Peter Kay in Salford. We were on the same course, um, and we did a stand up course. Oh, there was um, a stand-up course stand-up there. Co- well, they do it full-time now, apparently. What, a stand-up course? Yeah. Tell me, please tell me about the stand-up course, because I was talking to a stand-up comedian not so long ago, and well, I found it very, very intriguing. Well, they did, not not a course, they did a stand-up option, so you could do sort of like theatre, um, theatre crafts, TV, production, stand-up, so they were all kind of modules. And your, your exam was just doing stand-up in a pub down the road. Um... Which was re- which Peter did it, and everyone was like in bits because he had it straight away. Was it the Frog and Bucket? No, it wasn't even Frog and Bucket. It was called the Pint Pot in Salford. <laughs> the Pint Pot. Yeah, <laughs> it was just a little pub, but it was really misleading because it was just all your your fellow students there just laughing at everything anyone said. Right. So everyone was like, oh, yeah. um, it was it was a great it was a great course and. We we used to do little bits in Granada and um, what sort of t- TV? Yeah, stuff. yeah. I remember there was um, an actor on our course who went on. He, he's he's doing really well for himself now. But at the time, he was doing. He had an agent in Manchester, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, he's got an agent!" And while we were in Salford, he played a dead body in Silent Witness, and we were like, <laughs> "I was phoning my mom, going, this is the place to be, mom. <laughs> this is it's going to happen." He's a, he's a dead body in silence. There's your aspirations right yeah. there. <laughs> On that slab. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we did a, a sort of like a final show and um, I got an agent and went straight into work, really. So you th- even though you went into that course, not necessarily thinking this is what I'm going to do for a living... You yeah. were still enjoying it. And did yeah. you come out through that two years? Did you come out the other side thinking, oh, no, I think I am going to pursue this now? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. And um, what, cha- what changed in you, do you think? Well, I, I, I suppose I always really wanted to do it, but was never kind of confident enough. And also, with my upbringing, I never thought it would kind of happen, you know? I just thought... Because you... People like us don't really yeah. do that. And I don't really know anybody that yeah. does that for a living. Exactly. Yeah. And I just thought, I'll just see how long it lasts. Mm. And um, I, I, I started working straight away, which was great. Um, and that lasted you, a while. Do you think you grew in confidence then during that two years? Yeah, what? definitely. And I think at that age as well, I thought I could do anything. Well, of course, yeah. I felt like I could do, I could do absolutely anything. I was really confident, a lot more confident than I am now. Um, you seem really confident. Do you think? It? It's all an act, Craig. You don't know. That's another thing you doesn't seem... Yeah. You, do, you seem very... N- normal. Yeah, and, yeah. And natural. But I think we're, we're in this, especially in this profession, we've all got our insecurities, haven't we? And oh, absolutely. Just... We have to sort of 
hide those for our own good, otherwise mm. you're going to get hurt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you you kind of always wanting to go. Am I, am I, am I doing this okay? Is this all right? Yeah. It, oh yeah. God, I don't know if I belong here. Yeah, you know, it's I'm always so out that, of my depth. Are you sure you've got the right? I'm so out of my depth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, constantly feel like that. Constantly. Even but, even now. Oh, um, even more so now. Do you know what I was saying? And not that we really talk about sort of jobs and work yeah. and all that, but I was saying why I think people kind of relate to you on screen is because you're very natural and normal. People go, I know her because yeah, she lives down the road. Yeah, say that, yeah. Or I know a version of yeah. her. Yeah, Um Anyway, get back to... So you're working. Oh, yeah, so lots. I was working, yeah. Um, sort of doing temping in between like everyone did. Um, and then it kind of got to the the point sort of 10 years on when the work was drying up. You're not get, I can't play teenagers anymore because I'm right, getting so it 30. Was a, it, was a, it was a good yeah. progressive 10 years. Yeah, yeah. And, and I you're... made a, enough of a living, you know, in bet- and I'd have time off from work and you'd just do odd jobs in between. But it gets to the point where, you know... Um, I was living with my boyfriend and you've got to pay your bills. We're and, here and we still, yeah. you were still in Manchester. Yeah. And it, it just <clears> gets <throat> to the point where um, I was sort of working in a bank a lot more than I was sort of getting auditions. And I'm, I hate auditioning now anyway, but it, it got to the point where I'd go for an audition for like a line in Emmerdale or something. Right. And I'd be that desperate for it. I'd be practically sat on the casting director's knee um, just you know, just this, desperate, yeah, you know, and yeah. you'd you'd read the line, um, sort of in in reception. You'd be given a script with one line on it, and it might be just something like, "Ah, oh, yeah, dead casual." And I'd go in and I'd read it. I'd be like, "Hi, oh, yeah. <laughs> I just, I just, I, fi- I think I've got this. Just hyperactive yeah, and yeah, just yeah. Like, love me, love me, yeah. just too much. And it just got to the point where it sort of died down. And I had an agent in Manchester, not far from where we are today, actually. And um, they had a website and I hadn't worked for a while and I I was too embarrassed to even phone them and say what's happening, you know. And I looked on their website one day and I wasn't there. No. (laughs) And I kind of just thought, well, there you go, that's it. And didn't do anything else. So what what did that do to you within yourself? Like, obviously your confidence... Was very um, very low. Yeah, I, it was. Do you know what? It it what? I was gutted. I was too embarrassed to phone them and say, "Where am I?" Because I just thought I am rubbish. I'm, I'm not even phoning them, and I just carried on with what I was doing and took my temp job into a full time job in a in a call center and just worked there. But you obviously weren't fulfilled. No, do, doing no, that I at wasn't. All. But. Or did you feel you just had to sort of crack on and get on with it? Well, yeah, and then at this point, um, I'd broken up with my boyfriend and I'd moved back in with my mum and dad, Mole. Right, so you'd gone back. So I got a job in a bank near my mum and dad and um, I wasn't depressed or anything, but I was just like, right, that's it, I've had a crack. Nothing's happened. Right. Just move on. Um, There must have been a part of you that after 10 years... Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, I mean... I've got friends who were so talented who weren't working as well. And that might, without sounding terrible, makes you feel a bit better. Um, but, but, but the amount of 
incredible people. Yeah. Naturally gifted people I know that have never really had, had a crack. It's, I know, exactly. Shows how, how weird and unjust and it the, ca- injusti- the injustice of this business. You exactly. Know? And I, I just kind of went with it. Um, and I was working in, in the call centre and um, Peter sent me an email. And so you're still in touch with Peter? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah so that- we were, you know, um, you know, we were still really good friends. And he sent me an email. And um, we'd always email just stupid, you know, things off YouTube or whatever. And then he sent me this email and it said, um, this might change your life on the header. And there was a, a script of car share. And I read it. And his and um, Paul Coleman, who is a friend of ours and right. is a writer, had written the original script with um, someone he worked with called Tim Tim Reed. And I read it and I said to Peter, that is just me. That part is just me. And he said, me and you could do this. And they were in their 20s, the two characters in car share. And he said, we'd have to rewrite it. And I think that must have been about 2009, 2010. And then nothing happened. I got pregnant. I didn't think about it again. And then... Um, How did you feel when that email pinged up? And that's quite a, a big subject head. Or did yeah, you think nothing of it? Nothing it, of no. it. I was like, yeah, yeah, great. Because Peter's always so busy. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that, you know, one day maybe. And I, I just didn't think any more of it um so you'd kind of thrown yourself into just family life yeah really. yeah and then um were you content with that yes so. <laughs> not, not that your husband and child are yeah. amazing but also you 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 strike me as somebody who kind of wants a career and kind of needs a, yeah, a career yeah I do and but what what's strange is I've still got friends who are kind of um in the industry, so mm. I kind of lived my life through them and right. get excited for things they did and would read their scripts and do lines with them, you know, and I just kind of lived my life that way. I know that sounds really stupid, but no, no, no. living where I lived as well, you're kind of out of the arena. Yeah. It's not even like you're in Manchester where you can just go, oh, I'm going to pop to the theatre tonight and things like that. You, I, was just, I, just, I was just out of it. And I'm living another life. Sometimes in, in that way, it's healthier you know Mm. certainly mentally to get out remove yourself from that situation because you're not surrounded by it all the time because when I was here I'd do um I'd do plays in the frog and bucket and um you know not get paid and just be doing things and yeah but still you're being creative so you're getting out and it's you're not sort of internalized if I tried to put on a play above a pub in mold no one would come so (laughs) have you tried I don't know that's the thing (laughs) well maybe (laughs) should do maybe I'll do that next but it was um yeah it wasn't like I was depressed about it but there was a part of you going oh well I wouldn't mind dipping my toe back in yeah but I don't want it to take... I suppose what's really healthy is that you didn't let it take over your life. Because mm. I know quite a lot of people that, that, yeah. that, that it does. Yeah. And I don't know if that's healthy. Um, and I think a lot of my friends where I live have all got... Um, what used to frustrate me is a lot of my friends, um, my best friend, one of them's a teacher, one of them's doing really well in the prison service. and they've, they're A solicitor, they've all got jobs that... They started when they were sort of went to uni mm. and they're on a really, you know, they're on a decent wage and have got a, a nice career now. And I think, oh God, why didn't I 
concentrate on something else 10 years ago because I'm here in a job that I absolutely hate every day that my mum could do. You know, anyone could do this yeah. job. Yeah. Um, so I, I started a... Oh, I forgot about this. I started a, um, a teaching course. Right. Thinking to, to teach drama. To teach drama. Yeah? What, for kids? No, I thought... Because I, I thought, I haven't got a PGCE, so I did sort of like a night class that I could teach and go in and do sort of like six, not six forms, sort of like further education and BTEC and things like that. Right. Is this um, before you had your daughter? Yes. Yeah. So I started this and then I did actually go into a classroom and hated it. Did you? <laughs> so I left the course. Why did you hate it? Oh, because I've gotten, I couldn't discipline anyone. <laughs> it was awful. Can you just... Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> What do you think of this? I don't like it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I can, fair news, it's fine. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> Let's talk about this, please, shall we? No, okay. Well, it's um, not in you. It's not and in it's you, ju- it? it just wasn't in me. Yeah. It just wasn't in me at all. Um, I'd have loved to have done it, but it just wasn't me. Were you happy at this point, though? I know you were content, but we uh, you talk about your friends who are going, oh, well, you know, they're doing very well in their careers and they've mm. got the car and they've got a nice wage. Were they... Were they particularly fulfilled or happy? Well, do you know, know what? I when I look back, I don't think I was um, unhappy. I was probably always chasing it deep down. Um, I never told anyone, any new people I met, what I used to do for a living because you'd get the whole, oh, why don't you go on Hollyoaks? That's filmed in Chester. Why didn't you do this? Why yeah. don't you do that? Um it's I think just that, easier not to say. That's very so much easier. Mm, and then so, you've also got the. So what would I have seen you? In? Yeah. Oh, oh it's just not. And I, I still lie now. If I go in a in a cab and someone says, "What do you do for a living?" I make things up. I, I don't say. And then when I was just getting the the bruise before we started <laughs> talking, um, the um, one of the receptionists here where we're recording, she was saying, "So who were you recording yesterday?" I said, "Oh, you know this this this, this people." And uh, so I'm just in, interviewing um, an actress now. She went, oh, she comes in here all the time. She, so she mistook you for somebody yeah. that comes in here all the yeah. time. So well, I'm waiting on, on the side. Safe so, so to just go, yeah. I just, yeah, I, I, just, yeah I, do, I do all the time. In fact, I did it. We were on holiday a couple of years ago with my husband and we were talking to this couple and I told him I was an accountant. I don't know where that came from. Did you get away with it? And he was like, oh, I've been an accountant for oh, like... No. And I was just like talking about <laughs> legislations for about an hour on this on this trip to see a moose in, in Sweden. I was just like nodding, yeah, it's terrible that. It's not of what all, it used to be, is it? Of all the things you could have gone <laughs> for, accountant. I'm an accountant. Oh, oh I shit know, now. I know. Oh, no, I just lie. It's awful, isn't it? So how long were you kind of in this this wilderness? Um, Albeit for a contented. good five years for ish, what? five years, right? Until we wrote Karsha. and how that happened was actually I don't know how it happened, but what was really strange is I had my daughter that carried on. Then when she was ten months, she had to have an operation and right. on her hips, so she was in hospital and had this body cast on that was from under her armpits down to her ankles. And um, we couldn't fit her in a car seat. We couldn't fit her in a pram. So she was in it for four months. Oh so gosh. I just didn't leave the house of for four not. months. Um, so Peter said, let's write this car share. So he used to come around once, twice a week. We used to put Gracie, my daughter, 
on a beanbag with some quavers and we we'd write it <laughs> while my husband was in work and um we wrote the series the two of us and then um all of a sudden he was like yeah we're filming in april i was like what so from jan we started it in january and we filmed and you were going it in april in april that same year yeah without a pilot without a pilot straight to series straight to series wow bloody hell after after like 5 years yeah how so did you feel about I that? I was like, because the characters are very like Peter and I, and um, that was that was more Peter because he said, we want lots of improvising. So if we're driving along in a car and we see something out of the window that we want to go, oh my God, look at that. And then we can carry straight on in the scene that there's no, it's seamless, you know, that we can just be ourselves and chat. And of course you're driving uh, and you where were you filming around? We'd... Um, in Salford Keys. Right. And we just used to sort of drive around for a normal shooting day. So like eight till seven, just driving. And it's not like you had any road closures. They, was like, they were open roads, so yeah, anything could happen. Exactly. So, so you had to take it as it yeah, comes. Yeah, so if we'd stopped all of a sudden for something, that we could fit it into the script and then just carry on. Um, so we were, we were really close to ourselves. Kaylee is just things that I've said and done, stories. Um, a lot of the stories are things that have happened to us personally. Right. Um, I talk about an ex-boyfriend and about how I put Cress under the carpet and stuff like that. Um, is, that is that true? <laughs> weird, <not>? yeah. <laughs> um, we, so there's a lot of us in it. And um, it was really scary. But just before we were about to start filming, I said to Peter... I, I'm really worried that I might ruin your career here. That I think you need to. We need to look at someone else for doing this. I don't think I can do it. I think really? you're going to have to look at someone who can stand up to your caliber because no one knows who I am. Um, luckily, Peter can say to the BBC, "This is my friend Sean. She's in it with me," and they'd be like, "Okay." Whereas who else could do that, you know? Also, why, why do we have to know everybody all the time? I know, I know, and it's great. You know, it I, is... I love it when I, I watch something. I go. Who is that? Yeah. I've never... I, like, I went to the cinema for the first time on Saturday and it was great when my little boy was having a sleepover so it was like, oh, there goes the pictures. And I watched the Spike Lee film and the lead in the Spike Lee film, I'd never seen him before and he absolutely blew me away. Me and my wife were going, who is that geezer? Yeah. And he hadn't actually done loads before. Yeah. So that is interesting. But yeah. your levels of anxiety were... Through <sighs> the roof. Um... But he taught you down... I mean, obviously he talked you down, but well, did he really? He did. You? I didn't need much talking down because to give that to someone else, I would have been distraught yeah. because it's me. It would have been someone playing me, basically. Um, but I bet it was never really an option that that was going to happen. No, it wasn't. But I, w I was more doing it for him, thinking I don't, I love this script so much. I don't want it mm. to be let down by people saying, who is she? Mm. Get Sheridan Smith in, you but know. Again, that's your levels of, of anxiety. You've yeah. been out of it for so long yeah. and now you're, you're thrust into, you're not doing, you're not going in for a tiny little one line in Emmerdale. I this know. is like quite a, a big deal. It's like a two-hander two play. Two-hander, I know, I know. I mean, the good thing about it was when we started filming is, because um, we are in the car, we've got five cameras and we're just being towed. It is just us. So it felt, feels a bit like a rehearsal room mm, in that way. Mm. Um, and Peter directs it. So it, it was really intimate. So it wasn't as scary as walking onto a set for the first time yeah. in years and years and years. But I bet you any money, anybody after 
kind of what what you'd been mm. through a good steady sort of 10 years of different jobs mm. and normal sort of domestic jobs then that five-year wilderness and then you're thrust into mm. this it's just two people anybody would be the same yeah. i tell you now yeah i was absolutely terrified but because it was just the two of us and peter's a mate um we could still have fun with it and i could mess about whereas i think if i'd have gone straight onto a normal set I wouldn't have been as confident just to play about with it. And... Of course, because you've got all the crew around, yeah. yeah, everybody else, yeah. But how was with, because the, there was five cameras? Yeah. And you'd never shot like that before, had no. you, in the car? No, how, um, Did that feel...? Weirdly, um, we both took to it straight away. It was really strange. Was it easy to forget that they were there and you just concentrate on what was going on with the story? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um... And then what was really strange is we did sort of four weeks in the car. Then the last two weeks of filming, we had sort of outdoor scenes where we'd be... We were like, how do we walk and talk at the, the same so time? Much. How do you act when you're walking and yeah. things like that? Um, and then it, it felt like a proper set again. But my anxiety had <laughs> lowered by that point. Yeah. How did you feel after the end of that f- the first day? Um... I think it took me a good week to kind of feel natural. And, um, and settle in. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's just all the things of sort of... Um, I mean, we, we did have a few makeup tests and I had a wig fitted and things like that. So we had a couple of days of getting into it before we started shooting. But um, it's still the whole being on a set is, is quite a strange thing. And although I'd worked before, I'd never had a role as big as that as well. I'd always kind of played support in or tiny roles in TV things. Um, but who has, you know, it's yeah. very rare nowadays that you have just two people for yeah. half an hour on the telly. But what's great about Peter is he always uses the same people. So he always uses the same cameraman, the right. same first, the same makeup team. So, because I'd visited Peter on set for years, I knew a lot of the team. And Just like with, one sort yeah, of family. Yeah. yeah. And I suppose from that family comes the support. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I still speak to them now. You know, it's... Um, that That's quite comforting. So, it, I didn't feel like I was totally threatened. And everyone was so supportive. Because um, everyone knew how I felt as yeah. well. Um. So it was it was fun, and then we we went on we filmed series two we we wrote series two, and it was it just it was just all natural and it was on a roll. And do you did you feel oh yeah you've kind of I've earned my place here I feel like I, I do belong back doing yeah this yeah kind of kind of what do you mean kind um, of I don't think you ever feel. Well, I don't. I don't think I'll ever feel that. I always feel a bit of an imposter on any set. You always feel. I think we all. I think we all feel like that. But I'm, I'm more thinking about your level of let's give yeah. this part to somebody else. Yeah. Oh no, no one could have had that. And by series two, it was it was that kind of our little baby. So um, we knew exactly what we were doing. We knew how it would be filmed. We we knew we knew everything. So it was it was a lot easier. But still exciting. Still exciting, yeah. Because we filmed it 2013 Series 1 and we filmed the second Series 2016. So there was kind of three years in between. And I'd 
started working as an actor again in between that so I had a sort of a, another kind of level of confidence as well. Was that starting to grow then your level of confidence to yeah. do other things? Yeah I think so I just thought if I was you know I was getting sick I got an agent because I didn't have an agent when I did car share. Right. Um, and because there was sort of like a big gap in between car share being filmed as to when it was being aired I there was well, there was actually two years in between it being filmed and aired. Um, I didn't have an agent that whole time, so I didn't work that whole time either because I couldn't have gone to an agent and gone, "Oh, I'm doing." You don't know who I am. You've never heard of me, <laughs> but. but I'm going to do a lead part, a co-lead in something on BBC One. They'd go, "Yeah, yeah, whatever." <laughs> so I had to kind of wait till it was aired. So I went back to working in the call centre. Did you? Yeah. yeah, that must have felt odd. Felt very odd. It felt very odd. But needs must. Yeah, you know? exactly. We've all got bills to pay. And everyone was like, I thought you'd done, mm. gone to, I thought you'd done this programme. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, those types yeah, of people. Yeah, See you back then. Not, not bothered. Mm. I, it was just kind of... How do you find when you're filming away, being away from your family? Um, I find it really hard um, because mo- what because of where I live, this mm. is the main thing as well. That um, I mean, I, I just finished a job in London and it was four weeks away. A lot of everyone else commutes, even if they've got an hour from one side of London to the, to the other side of London, they commute and mm. go home every night. And I'm usually the only one in a hotel on my own. And I find it, I find that hard. But um, then you might not work for sort of, Three, four months. Exactly. So just throw myself back into, into um, that. You know, bills don't pay themselves. And I know. The don't pay itself, I know. So. It is hard. Um, but I suppose if you balance it out, I always think, look, if I'm going to have to, if you're going to have to be away for four, five, six weeks or yeah. whatever, then you've earned your right to, to have some extra That's time what off. That's I do. And... The, you know, there's ups and downs and there's downsides mm. and there's pluses. And one of the pluses is, well, I'm not nine to five. Yes. So I do get to go, you know, that summer holidays, they really mean something. If mm. I'm not working, we can have a proper summer holiday exactly. and I'll be with you every day. Yeah. Yeah, I do that. And also, I, I mean, with my daughter, what I do is just her normal. That's where I try and sort of logic it, is that that's her normal and that, um, now I'm not working at the moment, I can go and pick her up from school every day, whereas mm. a lot of the other mums and dads don't get to do that because yeah. they might have a nine-to-five job. Whereas oh, I can, so usually the only dad at yeah. the, the school gates for me, yeah. Yeah, so I have that time with her and I say, well, all this week I'm going to take you to school and pick you up, so that's a good thing, surely. But it, it is, but yeah. it, it does become the norm, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, because that's normal. They just fit into it. yeah. And they know that sort of mummy goes away. Yeah. And then, you know, she'll be back in a few weeks. And, and she's... Plenty of time off. Exactly. It. It's my guilt rather than, you know, she she's really looked after. I mean, I, I'm, I'm lucky and I think quite rare in this industry that my husband um, isn't in the industry and he works um, a nine-to-five job. So that is great that I know that I've always got someone at home with her. Mm. 
um, and I've got my parents nearby and my sisters nearby. Yeah. So if I'm ever going to be, you know, if I have to go through a casting and I think I'm going to be late, I say to my mum, can you go and pick her up from school? And, you know, I've got that support network, which is really good. It's really important. Yeah. Especially for, you know, a, a mother's guilt. Yeah. And I've only got one. She's she's six and um, I probably spoil her a bit too much, you know. That's but, all right. That's all right, isn't it? Yeah, of course. It is. <laughs> Do you know what you're saying about that? You, do you still hate auditions now? Oh my god, awful! I'm just going back to thinking about when you were at school, and the fact that you didn't want to get into trouble, but you you seemed very confident in an exam environment. Yeah. Oh, I am terrible at auditions. How come? I hate them. Um, even if I go to an audition now, where. I'm a lot more laid back about everything because I always think, um, for example, I went for something a couple of months ago which would have been filming away for um, four months. Right. Because it was six one-hours. What, like away, away? Away, away. Right. And half me's thinking, that is awful. So I always go to jobs thinking, well, if I get it, this is an amazing job. But if I don't, I'm at home with my daughter and it's not, that's not a bad thing. So So I go in all casual and then I don't know what it is. I've still got this thing in me where I walk into an audition. And I'm like, love me, love me. And I, I start talking too much and just babbling on and just um, getting straight. I heard your podcast, actually, with um, Amanda Abington. Yeah. I found it so interesting that you talk about castings and that it's turning into a line learning episode. Well, it, yeah, I think it's, I think it has slowly changed. Yeah. And I don't really know why. I mean, I'm, well, I think I kind of do. I think it comes from across the pond. But... Yeah, because I've, well, I've got no desire to, to go across the pond, but I've heard that that's what it is. But I, I just, um, I just try too hard in auditions. I try too hard. Because you want it or you want to... Even if I didn't want it, I come out of that room that. that I want it because I've gone... I go into it um, ju- just trying to please. I don't know what it is. That's saying something about my personality, I think. But I just try far too hard. Um, I think I come across quite needy. I was working with an actress recently, and she said her tip is to go into a casting, and if they give a bit of a chit-chat, to just kind of, sh- not cut them short, but just say, can we go straight into the part, please? She said, because if she's learnt the lines, yeah. and in... In she wants sort of, to get it in down. a headspace. She wants to go in and do it, and rather than go and chit chat about how you got on and how your train journey down. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to go with that because I really <gasps> like. I I like that bit. I really like the talking, mm. and I think half of getting a job is, of course, they want to see how good you are yeah. in the in this in this role. But you're buying two things. You're buying the actor yeah. and you're buying the actor yeah. who can play the role. And if you, you might, well, that person might be a great actor. Yeah. And then you speak to him and go, what an absolutely awful person and what terrible yeah. viewpoints yeah, you've got know, on certain things in life. I, I don't even want to spend six weeks with you. But, I, um, but it works two ways. Yeah. What if it, it might be a fantastic script and you speak to this director or producer and they're just god-awful people. So you have a little chat when you go in, do you? I, I do. I like mm. to have a chat mm. because... I personally, you know, I get nervous as well, and 
I can babble on the best of times and go off on like millions of times. Yeah. So where were we? Sorry, I yeah. forgot the question. Yeah. Um, that was me pretending to be nervous. <laughs> I, do get, I do get nervous because you just get self-conscious. Yeah. You just do. And I don't well, you've got like four changes. people in a video camera just kind of like staring at you. And then someone doing offlines that just oh. can't speak and you go, oh man. Especially if you've got the writer in. Who ne- never normally the writer does it for me. It's always somebody else off camera. But I don't know if that ever changes. I went for one last year, and it's been on now, so I can say now, and I didn't get it. I went for Broadchurch, and they were so secretive about it, and that you had all these inscriptions. You probably know this with your, you know, with yeah. what you've done in the past, but all these inscriptions. And when I went for the casting, they called it something else. Um, and I went for the casting, and I went to the wrong place. <laughs> And I walked into this cast, wrong casting office and I went, I'm here for returning home. And they're like, what? <laughs> returning home? No, did you do a little You know, Broadchurch. And they're like, did no, no, it's it's not here. I was like, oh, shit. So I phoned my agent. I'm like, where am I supposed to be? She's got to go to Spotlight. So I'm like racing across London. I don't know London at all. I am like a tourist when I go to London. And I walk in and it was like a really serious part. And, I, and it was winter and I had a big scarf on and I had my bag across my shoulder. And I walked in. I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I got there just in time. And I'm trying to take my scarf off, but it's got caught in the handle of my bag. And I'm like... <laughs> I might as well just go home now. There's no, I'd have given you the job just no from now. There's no reason that I have got this part. It took me about half an hour to work out which way my scarf went round my neck. That's brilliant. Didn't get it. Don't matter though. Don't matter. <laughs> do you give yourself a hard time then? Um, I do. Because if you feel that you've got this, you feel you're judging yourself about being over eager and eager to please in that situation. Do, do you know what? I've never... All the castings I've been to, if I haven't got it, luckily, so far, every job that I haven't got, the person who's got the job, I've gone, oh, well, I would definitely cast her Mm. anyway. She is amazing. So I I don't kind of beat myself up and go, oh, God, I let myself down at the audition. You know that it's just personal taste at the end of the day. And and also, I, I should be better about it, but since doing Car Share... Um, we did the casting for it kind of thing that we would say, oh, so-and-so will be great in this part or so-and-so would be great. So I see that there's amazing actors that you could have chosen, but, oh, he looks better because he's done it. So you see kind of the mentality of how yeah. how it works. And I don't get caught up on it, but it is always one of those that I walk out the room and think, I wish I was just more relaxed and natural rather than just going in and... But that's what I mean. Do you give yourself a hard time from that? Yeah. Not necessarily about performance, because I agree with you. When you look at things, you go, oh, well, I totally understand why they got it. Or you can walk out and go, oh, there's no way I was Mm. right for that. I thought I I could have done, but I couldn't do it. I know my my limitations. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, No, I still give myself a bit of a hard time, but it's normally gone by the time I've got the train back. Exactly. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. Ninety minutes, mm. two hours for me. Yeah, and, and I, then I've and I can put the cat and nine tails yeah, away. Yeah, that's just sort what of... I do. I get home and I'm in a different headspace. Yeah. But I'm normally analysing everything on the way out, thinking, "Oh, I wish I'd done that." Or it's those ones that you go out going, "That went so well." Oh, but you know what? I did. Um, I spoke to this director um, not long ago, and I was talking about auditioning and say and, and what they you know what they think when they go in the room, and he said. 
normally if um and he is a really nice guy he said normally if so i know someone's traveled far i give them longer in the audition mm. and i really chat to them <clears throat> because i feel guilty that they've come out of out of their way and i give them longer audition and i'm thinking oh that's made me feel even worse now <laughs> because now every time i go into an audition and i'm chatting away thinking oh they like me it's just because he's thinking give her another five minutes she's gone from she's gone taking from it North two Wales. hours to get you give her an extra five says a lot for gloucestershire so, so yeah we're both in the same boat so i'm like oh no i always thought that was a good sign but i spoke to somebody as well and i forget if it was a writer or a director don't know if I should say this. No, I should say, say of course. It, say I can't it, say, say, it, ever, say it. everything's honest on it. But they said, um, as soon as they walk in, we know within the first five minutes. Oh, for God's sake. And I think, all right, well, if you know within the first five yeah. minutes, just cut Why it short. Why see them? Just, well, just cut it short and let them go. Yeah. Why, you, don't, waste, don't waste everybody's time. Mm. And sometimes if they're long and drawn out. Oh, I know. Have you ever cut off an audition? Have I ever cut yeah. one off? No, I'd be there all day if you'd have me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, why have you? I've got, yeah, what, when, I said, right, this isn't working or something. I've gone, I've gone, right, and they've, I think they said, what did they say for something? It wasn't going well at all. There was a really bad, bad sort of air in the room. And they said, do you want to give it another go? And I went, no. Me all I, said, anxious. I said, no, I think, I think, I think we're all right, aren't we? And they went, yeah. Like it was, it was on, it was on, on. Fucking got it. Yeah, of course not. You just know. I went for one. I didn't get it. Um, I'm just talking about all the jobs I'm not getting now. But this um, is interesting because you know what? We've never actually sat down with anybody and and done a an in depth sort of audition. Yeah. I want to do. Uh, my plan is when I can try and get more than one person on the podcast is to do an oh, God, audition. That's fascinating. But I'm, I want to have. I've been saying this for about a year, but it's really hard to. It's hard enough to get one person to come yeah. on the podcast. How long have we been talking I know, to I know, try I know. and sort this out? But to get like four or five people, but I want to get a, a casting director, a director, oh, and a couple of actors. But mm. you know. A, an experienced actor and quite mm. a new actor because then we'll, we'll all have differences yeah. of opinion. It might be quite a fizzy that sort of round table. It might help somebody. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I or think it might so. Be entertaining. I, I've just come off a job and as I said, I was talking to, um, there was a couple of actresses who have been around for a while and just hearing their stories mm. is fascinating. But I, the one I was saying, I went to um, one at the beginning of the year and um, I think this is cruel. But one of the scenes, there was four scenes to learn. One of them was a sex scene for the audition. And it was a sex scene on a train. Right. And they wanted you to do it? Yeah. And it was meant, it was a comedy, so it wasn't. Well. Um, but I was, it was, I was on a swivel chair. So I thought, I got a bit into it and I thought, right, I'm just going to do a bit of thrusting. Um, and I swizzled the wrong way. <laughs> Never swizzle the wrong way. <laughs> And I had my back to him because my chair just swizzled round. And I thought, and it just caught me off guard. I'm going to have to start again without any thrusting. Um, Just hideous. And then it just, I just go to pot then. Just absolutely to pot. And it was like four scenes, a lot of dialogue to learn. But (sighs) I know it was a comedy, but I... 
Oh. You're doing a sex scene by oh, yourself. Oh, I know, I know. How What's can... funny about that? It's just uncomfortable for of, everyone involved. You're going to walk out going, oh, I've just been doing a sex <sighs> scene in front of these strangers by myself on a swizzle chair. There was another actress I know who was up for the same part and I phoned her afterwards and I went, oh, God, that was just shocking. And she went, I couldn't make the audition, so I did it as a self-tape with my mum. <laughs> 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 that was even worse. <laughs> But neither of us got it. Oh, um, God. I know, I know. Why do we do it? And I walk out thinking, why? I don't know, because... Sometimes I've stopped. I'm going, I'd sooner not go in. Yeah. Because I don't want to have that two hours afterwards of going, why did you do that? Yeah, I've made feel myself dirty. feel <laughs> like shit and yeah. rubbish. And it does yeah. nothing. No, I know. From my upstairs or my self-esteem or, or anything. Yeah. In fact, it'll Does make me feel worse. I got sent a rape scene for a drama. Oh, what? And I went, no. No, I, I'm, no I'm not going to go in and... What? Do, I'm not going to do that. To, to a casting director just reading in the lines of, no, no. Possibly, but I'm not going to go in there in front oh, of a, a director and... And be recorded. I wouldn't do that, pretend to do that by myself in a room. Why would I do that in front of other people? Are you having a laugh? And what happened? Did they change um, the scenes or did no, you just not it was ever just, get... It was just, it's just not going to happen. And that's Who fine. thinks that's a good idea? I don't know. I mean, the thing is, I think it's hard enough for someone to go in, albeit in a crude sense, to go in mm. for a job interview, which mm. it is, in a way, yeah. and you're selling the product in a, in a crude way, you're selling yeah. yourself, blah, blah, blah. But to do that and put that pressure on anybody is is kind of awful. Oh, I know, I know, I just... And um... the amount, you know, oh, oh, you want me to try and learn the 14 pages of dialogue now, dear, for this... Got, I've got a life, I've got children, and of course I've got a career and I, yeah. I respect that, but should we kind of meet in the middle somewhere? It's funny, isn't it, because I moan about things like that and I, and I will moan and go, well, I, you know, I haven't even got the frigging job and I'm learning five, five meaty pages for something, not five, five meaty scenes yeah. for something, 14 pages yeah. you know, for an audition. And I haven't even got the job and I'm spending all my time doing this. And then my husband, like I said, is a gas man and gives me a reality check and he'll come home and he'll go, oh, poor you, I've been stuck under a cupboard under the stairs all day. Of course, and but I'll it's go, all relative. Yeah, I know, <laughs> and then I go, oh, yeah, I suppose. No, I know. But it's still... I, I've got better because I think <sighs> since... Um, the success of Karsha, I'm, I'm very fortunate touching wood and crossing fingers and whatever I'm doing, that um, I'm seeing being seen for better parts and I'm getting um, more opportunities. Um, however, it's really hard to go from doing what I was doing to not wanting to go, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Just grateful of a job and being in the mindset of, no, actually, I don't want to do that. Mm. And, and I'm getting better at saying no to, Which no, I'm th- not going to go to that casting because I don't want to do, you know, like you said, a rape scene. But or... I think that really is important because, yeah. which, you know, we're trying to 
build a, a career yeah. here. And the one power, I've said it before, the one power we have is to say no. Yeah. It's it's great. I'm I'm really grateful. But but no. Yeah. Instead of going, oh, I'm really grateful. Yes, yes, of course. Yeah. Just because there might not be something else. Well, if there might not be something else, then it's not right. Yeah, and that's exactly. fine. And we'll, if it all went away tomorrow, yeah. you know, we'd kind of all be fine. And, we, you know, it, yeah. it'd, it'd be like not getting that job or coming out of the audition. Those, that, those first two yeah. hours would be really hard. And then you kind of, yeah. you'd have to kind of get back on with it because it's life. I've still got my old mentality. Um from years of sort of sort of scraping a living together, you know, mm. it's really it's really difficult and thinking, oh God, it could all just go tomorrow, you know, and I'm really trying hard to sort of get over that and writing things and um that I wanna do rather than just expecting everything to come to me, you know. I've got to do stuff for myself as well. But I think you should. I think that's the way forward. Yeah. Because if we carry on being creative and mm. creating our mm-hmm. own work and also yeah. then we're giving opportunities <clears throat> to other people, like you were given the opportunity yeah. that helped you do this. So it's like a yeah, domino exactly. effect, you know? exactly. Um, so I um, think we, we kind of should have in the back of our mind, you know, well, maybe that's what keeps us grounded, that mm. if it all went away tomorrow, out what what brilliant things that we've done. Yeah, exactly. And what amazing people that we've met. And that, that's all right if it all went Yeah. Away. I mean, I've been very lucky and I've had some, you know, the great jobs and um, I've loved every minute of them. But I'm, I'm talking more about the ones that you kind of sent where you, you might be sent a script that you don't 100% believe in. And I have to stop myself from going, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. I'll do it just yeah. because it's a job. Because um, there's always that little niggle. Yeah, it's a job. You're it's, turning it's it. To, who job. do you think you are? I already feel guilty that I'm not. I'm yeah, not that's what it is. It. Um, I mean, I don't regret anything that I have worked on. No. but it's more the things that I've been sent. Going, oh yeah, I'll, um, you know. I don't think that ever leaves you. I, I've, yeah. you, you still feel like that. God, there's loads of people that don't work, and I feel. Who, who do I think who, I am? Who am I to, to, yeah. to not do this? Yeah. Yeah. But um, God, I don't want to end it on a downer, Sean. I, I know. Like, I feel I like know. we feel like together we've brought brought the conversation down. We have, haven't we? I don't think we have. I think we're being really honest and and it's and like normal. We go. Oh, it's a shit business. I'm not saying no, that. I, no, no, I no, 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 love no, no. my job. Yeah. And every job that I've worked on, um, I've had the best time. I've worked with brilliant people. Um, the mother's guilt that I get is mainly because I have such fun in work mm. that it doesn't feel like it's work. Mm. And I have to lie to my husband and he'll phone me at night if I've been... I've, I've just done a job for four weeks with <laughs> Sue Johnson and Johnny Vegas and we, we'd be in the pub at night and I'd phone him when I'd get in and go, oh, yeah, it's been a really hard day today. Oh, yeah, it's been I'm awful. not keen on them, to be honest. It's I can't awful. wait to come home. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've just, I'm just shattered. Uh, but it's really... <laughs> Cut to me. <laughs> back in the pub. I'm back. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Everyone's fine. She's asleep. It's she's grand. she's it's asleep. <laughs> so, um, and, I, and I do have to sort of play it down. Oh, it's really hard work. Long days. Um, but it's great. You know, I love my job. But that's why that's why we talk about it like this. Because yeah. we care. It's only, I think it's only because we care yeah. so much. I don't know anyone who doesn't moan about something. 
In life? Yeah. Oh, God, no. I know loads of moaners. And that's fine, because we all need to get it out. When I worked in the call centre, we, we went mental once, because they took a vending machine away. <laughs> you know, and that was the main priority and, and conversation for a, for a year. <laughs> <laughs> They took the vending machine away that had yogurts. I just want a yogurt. I don't want a boost. <laughs> you know, that is the converse, That is our main gripe. It's ridiculous. Sean, it's been absolutely. <laughs> oh, I know. I could carry on for hours. Lovely spending time with. Thanks so oh, much. Oh, thank Enjoy you. It. I've loved it. Thank you for having me. You're bloody welcome. And the first episode of the new term is done. How brilliant was that? I mean, I was saying to Sean, actually, after we finished, I always do get a bit nervous um, when I'm sitting down with someone, I'm meeting them for the first time, because we very rarely talk uh, before Griff hits record. So uh, there's kind of a nervous sort of fizzle, a bit of energy between us and we don't really know where it's going to go uh, and that's the exciting thing about the conversation um and I really hope you enjoyed it I loved it I mean we both said afterwards me and Sean we, we could have gone on for longer we could, we could have so you know maybe we'll maybe we'll come back and we'll have another natter who knows um but for now Sean uh, I know you're probably not listening but thank you so much for coming on um and spending time it, it was it was everything what I thought it was going to be it was fantastic so cheers um as I said to you um because we're not sponsored by anybody we have to find places to record and the very very kind people of Zifferblatt uh gave us a little studio a little study and uh, we set up our mics and it's very very kind of them because they gave us it for free. Now, what is Zifferblatt? Right, we all know about co-working spaces, don't we? Well, this is a little bit different. It's a co-working space. They've got um, sofas, they've got studies. In here, you can do some work, you can read a book, you can relax, you can sort out a workshop, you can bloody play the piano, it's fine. And once you get in here, everything is free. You can come in here, right? You can have every tea and coffee under the sun. You can have cake. You can have soup. You can have your lunch. That's all free. That's unlimited. Your brews are sorted. Your food is done. You come in here and work, and everything is by the minute. You pay by the minute. But guess what? The very, very kind people of Zifferblad are giving you a free code. Well, I say free, free-ish. It's 6 p.m. minute exclusively for Two Shot Podcast listeners. Right, so your code is Zifferblatt slash Two Shot Pod. You come in here, you can go to Zifferblatt on Edge Street in the Northern Quarter, 6p a minute. Zifferblatt Media City in Salford, 6p a minute. Zifferblatt Liverpool, 6p a minute. 6p a minute. You can come in here, have a meeting, organise something that, that you need a bit of peace and quiet or you need some energy. It's got great energy in Zifferblatt. Come there, use the code 6p a minute. And again, thank you very much to Zifferblatt for letting us host here. One more thing. Now, do you remember a few weeks ago on Twitter, I said, look, we're not going to be doing any more live shows after Kendall Call and after Andrew Alice's brilliant episode this year because um, we're, we're busy, we're getting back on the road, we've got loads of people to talk to. I wasn't lying when I said that, but it's not the, the truth. Um, a week or so ago, we were asked by the brilliant people at the first ever 
Manchester Podcast Festival um, to come on and be a part of it, which we were really flattered by because I tell you what, there's some absolutely cracking podcasts on, podcasts that you'll know, podcasts that you'll love. And guess what? The old Two Shot Podcast is part of it. So when I said the other day, I want you to keep a date for the diary free, I meant it. We are going to be in Manchester the 5th of October at the Union Theatre, 7.30pm. I'm lining up somebody very special. I can't tell you who it is. I'm not being secretive. I just don't really know yet. But I guarantee it will be somebody great. And that's why I was asking you for somebody from the northwest of England. So I'm, I'm going through that list, which was a brilliant list, by the way. Thank you so much um, for being so responsive to that. And it will be somebody off that list. I promise you. So go to the Manchester Podcast Festival.com, get your tickets, come say hello. And uh, we'll have an absolutely banging night at the Union Theatre. So that is the 5th of October, 7.30, Two Shot Podcast, live in the beautiful city of Manchester. Yeah? Yeah. Right, well, um, enough of this waffle. You get on with your day, get on with your shopping, get back on the treadmill, whatever it is you're doing, and we shall see you next Thursday, same time, same place, you know it. Please follow us on Twitter. You know that we're two shot pod. Oh, email. I get it all mixed up. Two shot pod at gmail.com or on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at two shot pod. Um, yeah, look. Oh, by the way, look, just before we sign off, I was thinking about something and it all came that. Yeah, I was thinking about it because we had a, a message from, from somebody. It doesn't matter who it was. But they were listening to a certain episode and it was when we touched on a mental health issue. And they said to me, they said, you know, that episode really spoke to me because I'd been through the same thing and and I love that I could connect with it. And it it actually really helped me um, think that I'm not alone. And even though I've seen this certain person on the television, they sort of go through that too. So it... It helped in so many ways. And I was thinking, well, that's a conversation. We had a conversation and it's connected with somebody out there, part of the the Two Shot Podcast family, the listening community. And we all have problems, right? And we all have questions and concerns. So what I want you to do, if you've got any questions, concerns or problems, the direct messages are open, I think, on Twitter. Send me a direct message, right? Email me twoshotpod at gmail.com, whatever it is, right? And I'll give you my take on it. But that's just one take. So then what I thought we would do to make it a bit special, you'll have all heard the conversation on the podcast, right? So therefore, the people who listen, the listening family, we open the conversation out and we'll get more answers. We'll get more takes on that person's question or the concern or the problem. So therefore, we don't just have one person's take. We could have 10, we could have 12, we could have 20. And then what I'll do is I'll go through and I'll read out some of the best ones and maybe that person might get some resolution or an answer to what they're going through or their problem. So within the family here, the, the con- we're spreading the conversation. So I just thought, look, maybe it'll crash and burn, maybe it won't work, but do you know what? It's worth a try and we should all try and do something because why the hell not? What's the worst that can happen? All right? That's what I was thinking about. Sorry for the waffle. Until next week. It's great to be back, by the way.
I've been Craig Parkinson. He's been producer Griff, and this has been the Two Shot Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week and take care of yourself. See ya. The Two Shot Podcast is presented by me, Craig Parkinson, recorded and produced by Thomas Griffin for Splicing Block. Our music, our brilliant music, is courtesy of Then Thickens. <laughs>